Good job, church. Before Brennan comes and we pray for him, he's asked me to read Psalm 150. We're going to start the Psalms this morning. This is another indicator that Mark is getting older. I have to wear cheaters, and my Bible is a size 14 font. <laughs> Pretty soon there'll be like one letter on each page, but really looking forward. I love the Psalms. I, I, I just I love the heart of the Psalms. I love the engagement of it. I love just over and over again seeing a person whose heart is crying out meet the living God. And Psalm 150 is a tremendous psalm. Turn with me if you have it. If not, just listen in. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You get the idea that this psalmist is pretty serious about this business of praising the Lord, don't you? Friend, why don't you come and let's pray and Looking forward to you opening up the psalm to us. You all set? No. No. Yes. All right. You got the uh, PF flyers on. The red PF flyers. Better buckle up, people. Those are going to be a serious message. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Brendan. We pray, Lord, that as we engage your word, move among us. Speak through Brendan. Mm. Pray that you would encourage his heart. Pray that you would encourage our hearts and help our hands and feet to be about the business of praising your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Good morning. morning. Happy Father's Day to the fathers in here. Let me bless you this morning. Can I do that? I'm going to do it whether you want me to or not. I want you to close your eyes, please, and receive this from the Psalmist 146. I want this to help you posture this morning. And for the rest of your life, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, They return to the ground. On that very day, (laughs) their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in their God. We thank you, Lord, and we do praise you. Our lives extend to you. 
May our lives lift up your shining presence for the world to see, to know, and to experience, and to be transformed by. May our lives be a posture of praise no matter, again I say, no matter the circumstance. May we praise you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, how are we feeling? Yeah? Just, uh, I'm going to let that question sit for a second. Okay. Just based off what I said, do you gather the importance of the posture of praise? I love this. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. My life will sing the praise. My life will lift God's character, his presence up for all to see for my entire life. And I want us to hear today especially to listen to this. Do not put your trust in princes or human beings. They cannot save Blessed are those whose help is in God. Blessed are those whose hope is in the Lord. We are starting a series that I am terrified of. I'm a big scaredy cat because Philippians scared me too. <laughs> Anyone a big scaredy cat when it comes to the heaviness of God's reality? You want it, you're excited about it, and then you get there and you're terrified. You know you're going to be okay but you're still terrified. Well, that's how I'm feeling about the Psalms. Mark, Mark is a wonderful man and a wonderful person because he can come up here and authentically say he loves the Psalms. They speak to him. This guy quotes them all over the place. He is like Salty, the walking hymnal. You know, the walking... <laughs> Psalm. And I look at the Psalms... And I run with my tail between my legs. I don't like them. And I'm, I'm being honest because they force you to posture yourself to be filleted open before the Almighty. They put you in a position where you cannot hide, you cannot run, and nor should you, and you know it. That's really uncomfortable. And I really don't like that. But for our church, for our church family... For the times that we live in, we cannot afford to not be completely vulnerable, filleted, raw before the one who is safe to be open to. We can't afford not to. So this journey through the Psalms is not about the Psalms. It's about the posture of the psalmists. Okay, let me be clear on that. It's not so much about the Psalms themselves as much as it is the posture of the psalmist because these words come from a place of experiencing the circumstances around them and bringing them the good, the bad, the ugly before God. Guess what? God doesn't run away from it. He's not afraid of your doubts. He's not intimidated by your anger. He is not scared off by our timidity. He welcomes it. 
He says, bring it on, because at least you're in my presence. I tell people when they're angry at God and they're yelling at him, keep yelling, because at least you're yelling at him and you're with him, and he'll lead you through it. Some of the biggest mistakes we make is go, I can't be this way in front of God. I can't be angry. I can't ask him these questions. And then you feel ashamed. And guess what? You retreat. And now you remove yourself from the counsel of God, from the comfort of God, instead of just bringing it all there. Now, David, who, who's, who wrote about 73 of the 150 Psalms, good majority of them, lays it all out there. I think Mark used the, the phrase... Uh, at some point, you know, it's like the di- your diary being opened up to everybody to see. I mean, who, who journals and does a diary? Anybody? Raise your hands. Okay. Would you really want your journal, your, your private thoughts, to be on the internet for all to see? No. Good grief, no, right? Good old Charlie Brown. Good grief, no way. But this is what we see, and this is modeling what we need to be doing. Now, I don't know about you, but that frightens me. Living a life of vulnerability where you are exposed before God and before one another is not a wonderful place to be. But it is a non-negotiable if we are to move in the power and the love of God the way he has called us to. Now, we are starting with Psalm 150. Why are we starting with Psalm 150? I don't know. God told me to, so I am. Psalm 150 is an extension of about three more psalms that are called the hallelujahs or the praise psalms. And we don't know who wrote them. They're guesses, but we don't know. But I want to focus on this because we can get lost in what or how we're to praise. So praise in a sanctuary. We could probably talk about that for a long time. What does it mean, sanctuary? And what it, you know? Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. I don't know how you say that. Praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Woo. With what? Oh, man, Southern Baptist people are going, Woo. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything. What? Is that an absolute? Yes. Let every single itty bitty big thing that has breath praise the Lord. And the last phrase we see in the Psalms is praise the Lord. So what did you hear over and over? Praise. When we look in Psalm 147, praise, praise, praise. Psalm 148, praise, praise, praise. And the psalmist goes through a progression of naming almost everything they can think of to praise God. Now, praise in the Hebrew really means quite literally to shine. To lift up, to be seen. So the, the Jewish picture here that they would do is, is the lamps that they would have in their homes. When you light the lamp and you put it in a high place, what does it do? It shines. If you put a lamp on a floor, it still shines, but it doesn't hit the entirety, right? You put it above, and what does it do? It lights everything up. So we lift up the one who shines. So when we praise, we are lifting him up. 
Capiche? Yeah. I don't, I've never even said that word before. I don't, so weird. <laughs> Praise. Let me say this because this is important. Praise is more than us just raising our hands. Praise is more than us just singing wonderful worship songs. Praise is more than just saying, I praise the Lord. It's more than just shouting his name. Those are all parts of praise. But prayer, praising is dangerous. The enemy hates it, hates it when you praise. See, circumstances are to deter us. Challenging circumstances are meant to deter us from praising God. Challenging circumstances are also to help us step into God, but the enemy will take those things, twist them so that we retreat, so that we don't praise. But praise is one of our greatest weapons. What we just saw in Philippians is a guy in jail who's praising God and millions, billions of people are going to follow who Jesus is within him. Little did he know that at the time. But because he praises God, no matter the circumstance, because it is one of the most dangerous weapons that we have. When I watch people whose situations are, are beyond what I can imagine, and they are giving glory to God, who's experienced that? Seen someone do that? What does that do to you? Whoa! It puts life in perspective that God is greater than our circumstances. We've said that before. We said it through Philippians. He's so much greater than that. When we praise him, what happens is our world becomes smaller but deeper and focused on where it's supposed to be. And what I mean by that is when we praise, our focus is singular. It is right where he is. It's no longer on my circumstance to the left, to the right, above me, below me. It's Jesus all around me, in front of me. And when I see him, my circumstances begin to melt. I begin to see hope in a hopeless situation. A situation that would try to rob me of that nearness with my father. My perfect father. And I didn't even, I totally forgot it was going to be Father's Day. (laughs) And this is a very timely message for us especially on Father's Day, because we see the good Father who invites us in to share everything with him, no matter what it is, so that our focus is on him. So when we look at David, David, he begins with praise. He ends with praise. The middle is mixed with, with crying out, with lamenting, with talking about his situation, and, and talking about where are you, God? But at the end of it, guess what? <clears throat> he goes right where he knows God is. He may not always feel his presence the way he wants to, but I think more often than not, it's about us more than it is about him. We may not, how many of you have asked the question, Lord, where are you in this? Let's be honest. I think all of us have at one point or another. The question doesn't threaten God because he knows he's near. He knows he's with you. And we know. But in the moment where that gets challenged, that's where we step into praise. That's where we step into worship. That's where we step into that pocket of knowing 
that even though I may not feel he's near, I know he is. It's when I'm, when I'm off uh, traveling and I'm not around Shanna and the kids and I'm in a place where I can't get a hold of them, which happens when you're doing missions abroad. Sometimes you can't get a hold of your loved ones and you're like, I need to hear their voice. Who's been in that position? I need to hear someone that loves me. I need to hear that there's someone there. Because you can't connect with them or can't hear them in that moment, does that stop their love for you? No. You know they love you. You know they're praying for you. You know that their presence is near. Who they are is near because you carry it with you, even though they may not be physically present with you, but you know. And that gives us comfort. It's that same concept. David knows. These psalmists know that even their circumstances are hard and everything around them politically, religiously, culturally is pressing in. And they come to this singular focus of being where God is. Okay, Lord, here we go. (laughs) As a pastor, in all honesty and vulnerability, we get pressure from every side, for good or for bad, to talk about all the things going on in this world, to address all these things. And they need to be addressed by Jesus leading the charge. Last weekend was a hard time for our country, even harder time for the city of Orlando, who got hit hard in one week, hard. And I watch and I listen and I pray and we see Christians begin to hit the panic button. That's just one little pocket of our country. And then you look at turmoil all over the place, the values that we hold being diminished, the killing, atrocities all over the world. Guess what? That's always going to happen until Jesus returns. We cannot panic. But what we can do is stand in the presence of praising our God and our Father, and it will change the atmosphere. It will give people hope. You said it, those who raised your hand. When you see someone worshiping God, when the circumstances should dictate something else, some other behavior, it, it does something to you. It inspires you. You know why it does? Because that action is truth, and truth changes our lives. You've stepped into truth. You've seen truth. So you know that when we praise God, no matter the storm, truth will be seen and it will transform. I am not saying we ignore that issues happen. I'm saying we lead into those praising God as he leads us. I don't know what to do about them. All I know is to stay where Jesus is. And when we do that, He is going to give us direction. He is going to show us. And guess what? He's given us the authority. It's going to get worse. Our rights will be taken. Persecution will happen. It's going to stink. (laughs) But it gets me excited. Because when it gets tough... 
our, our focus becomes singular because we see that there's only one we can rely on. And it postures ourselves to be with him. And then people come to Jesus because he's all hope. He's not a hope. He's all hope. He's not a way. He's the way. He's not a relationship. He's the relationship. And understand this. Praise goes beyond, again, as I said, just doing this and all of that. When you love the unlovable, when you go out, when you leave this place, which I hope you do, and you start identifying and allow God to identify the places and the people you have to pour into, the action of loving them and lifting them up is praising God. Jesus says what? You do unto the least of these, you do unto me. So when you love And when you go and stand with whoever it is that fits the description of least of these, whatever the context may be, when you go there in the name of Jesus, with Jesus, you're praising Jesus. You're not meant to have your butt glued to that seat. My backside gets tired if I sit too long. Yours? We're just going to call like we see it today. Cool? (laughs) When we engage in praise, when we don't know what else to do, we praise. When we know what to do, we praise. When it sucks, we praise. When it's awesome, we praise. We praise. We praise. Say it with me. We praise. Your life is meant to be a vessel of praise. We have to change our definition and our understanding of it is more than just what we do. It's who we are. It's more than just, ah. It is this God-centered focus that you can't even put into words because it's so messy and intimate. And it's just, you don't even know where you are. You just know you're in the right place. Because you come saturated with the love of God. Man, David, David had a tough gig. I mean, he's king. And he throws himself at the mercy of God. He says, here's my life. One of the most vulnerable things that we can do is praise when our circumstances dictate other behavior. To show and to reveal. Psalm 147 says this. So you know God's heart. God's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in unfailing love. Un, what? Failing love. When I read this, I see we can go out with a warrior's attitude and, and battle this world. But guess what? The world's already lost. Jesus has already won. He doesn't need us to be the mighty warrior on our steed and blah, 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 blah. He wants humility and hope in him that he's got it. 
We are not to be afraid. We mourn with those who mourn. We hurt with those who hurt. We love. We, we love with those who love. We experience joy with those who experience joy, but we are not to be afraid. We won. And so we praise. We've won, so we praise. Am I grieved by the world around us? Absolutely. (laughs) Brings me to tears. I'm heart-wrenched. But there's comfort in knowing that God's got it. And I'm not talking about the Christianese bumper sticker. God's got it. Let go, let God. No. As true as that might be, we cannot put our trust in the people around us in the sense that they can save. Whatever politician you choose, whatever law you support, whatever it may be, we cannot put our hope in those things. We cannot. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll get emails. I don't care. My conscience is clear. Jesus says, stay with me and I will stay with you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And you will bear great fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If we get lost in the circumstances, we will be apart from him. And guess what? We can do nothing. Because we're not, we, we can't do anything other than praise God. To be with God. There's nothing else we can do. That's why I've said a million times, the greatest thing, the only thing that we can do is say, yes, Jesus. I can't change a heart. God can. I can't change the circumstances of this world. God can. I can't heal anybody on my own. God can. Are you getting my drift here? Apart from him, we can't. So we step in and we praise. Look, it's going to get bad. It's already bad. It's going to get worse. Our best move, our only move, is to thank the Lord and praise God in the midst. And you'll see people come to him. Because that's a powerful posture. How do you do that in your daily life? Stay connected with him. Think about him. Even when you get distracted, give God permission to take your attention back. So I, I, you know, tell God what you want. I'd say, Lord, when I get distracted, do something to jog me. I give you permission. This is me, Lord, giving you permission to get my attention if it goes astray. So I can praise you. I, you know, I, I really was mad that God led me to this passage because, um, <clears throat> in all honesty, I don't know why I keep saying that phrase because I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, you know, my body's falling apart. My heart feels like it's falling apart. My emotional system is shot. I'm tired. I, probably this weekend was one of the worst weekends I've had in who knows how long. Nothing devastating happened. It just... Who's been there? And then he gives me this passage. 
And my question is, how do I praise you when I feel I am in a pit of despair and I don't even know why? I love my life. But sometimes we just get there, we're so tired. And we feel like we can't get out. And, it, you know, God waits till the 11th hour. And this morning I'm going, I, my throat is on fire. I feel like throwing whatever word you want. I don't want to be here. I don't want to go there. I don't, blah, 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 blah. And I just heard God say, where am I right now? Uh, talking to me. Yeah. Would you say I'm near? Yes. And for the first time, probably in like two years, I sat in my car without radio, without anything, just complete silence. And my heart, without me trying to, was praising God. And I felt healing come into my heart. See, it's just, it's just little things like that that are actually the biggest things. Praise, in my opinion, is the keys to the kingdom in Christ Jesus. The enemy hates it, and I love ticking him off. So, as we close, <clears throat> we're going to be singing worship songs. Right? It's what we do. We love it. It's great. It's fantastic. There's something powerful about melody and sound combined with words that God puts on our hearts. So I want you to ask this, Lord, take me beyond the worship experience. Take me more, take me deeper. David's running around in his knickers, dancing. I'm serious. Before God. I'm not telling you to dance. My hips are shot. I'd break one. But the imagery says with everything, everything that has breath. Do you have breath? We got a space where no one's persecuting us yet. Use it. Praise him with the church family. Praise him with everything you have. Whatever it may look like. If you sit down, you sit down. If you want to stand up and shake, go for it. But don't be afraid because no one here really cares if you look goofy. I look goofy all the time. I have a pick on me face. I have one since birth. You just deal with it. But let God move you and your spirit the way he will. Forget the niceties. Forget the professionalism. Ugh, I hate that word. And let God bust the seams of your heart. Praise is, he, is he's leading you, whatever that may look like. And if we all look like we're just quiet and sitting down and, you know, doing nothing, but we're praising, good. As long as you're praising unhindered. Deal? Lord, we thank you. We praise you. May this morning be our sacrifice of praise. May it start now, if it hasn't already God, I thank you so much that you are greater, you are bigger, you are deeper, you are richer than anything that we can experience outside of your presence. We do not fear. 
We have no need to fear. You're here. You're right here. Sometimes it's hard for us to see. But you're here. Help us give ourselves permission to see you. Help us get out of these seats and be led to the least of these as an act of praise to you. May we step in there no matter how uncomfortable it makes us. It's our act of praise. May we be a a family that are moving worshipers of God. May we go where you go, praising all the way, all the way. And I know, Lord, that doesn't mean we're not going to have our faith shaken. But we thank you that you give us, as you gave David, the space to be completely open and raw and safe in your presence to express what we need to express so we cannot, so we don't land in our own agony, but we land in the hope that you bring of your unfailing love. Unfailing. What a beautiful invitation. So bless our praise and worship to you. We give to you. We extend our hearts to you. Pray a blessing over our offering. May the offering, the tithes and offering be an extension or an example of our, our, our hearts extending to you without fear. I'm going to say it. Bless the finances of this church, Lord, so that we can continue to do the good work you've called us to do. Bless it to overflowing. Bless the relationships in this place. The time that we give up to sit with someone who's hurting, because that's praise. And that's our offering to you. Bless it. We thank you, God. And I pray that our hearts linked with yours this morning would create a ruckus. That would be contagious to the neighborhoods around us and to the world around us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
Every turn, I come face to face with.